This is the Namine Solar Light Company podcast, Solutions for Climate Revolution. My name is Francesca and my guest today is Michael Gallagher. Michael has a deep-rooted history in advocating sustainability for people and planet and caring for our environment. Following a passion for renewable energies, energy efficiency and how these best practices impact people and alleviate fuel po- poverty, Michael has gone from strength to strength. After his bachelor's in earth and environmental science, he continued to master's level to study energy and industrial sustainability. Soon after graduating, you worked for the Energy Saving Trust, moving swiftly on to designing and managing commercial solar power systems from conception to completion, to your current role as regional energy projects manager for Nottingham City Council, a local authority pioneering in the sustainable space with aspirations to become the UK's first carbon neutral city by 2028. I have to admit, I'm a little obsessed with the potential local authorities can play in our transition away from fossil fuels, which Nottingham is crushing, by the way. Have, you, have I got this right? One of your fantastic projects is to transform an old coal mine that now contains warm water into a low carbon district heating solution. Uh, yes, I think it's, it's a really, really exciting uh, uh, potential source of heat that's been investigated at the moment. Um, and it's got great potential across the country. I think what's really nice about this story is that we're looking at um, our fossil fuel legacy and looking at how we can turn it on its head and use that legacy to drive forward uh, the green energy revolution that's, that's taking place. Um, the particular project in Nottingham um, is looking to identify um, through a feasibility study, if it is actually viable to utilise um, water in old mine workings that's at a uh, reasonably higher temperature um, than you'd get at ground level, um, and then use that as a heat source um, through the use of a heat pump to actually um, heat our homes and uh, potentially heat, heat our industries as, as well where, where appropriate. Uh, this particular study is looking at its use uh, at a domestic level. Um, the project uh, has a number of funders, uh, including the Midlands Energy Hub, uh, which I'm leading. And we're also off the back of this, uh, working with the Northeast Energy Hub and Northeast Lap uh, to write a uh, white paper on the potential of mine water heat and uh, the considerations around policy and regulation on it as well. Um, so Nottingham are doing some fantastic work, but there's a lot of collaboration happening um, across uh, the country, particularly between the Midlands and the Northeast. Um, there's also so, some really interesting work going on through the Energy Systems Catapult, uh, who are doing some work on this. I'm um, actually in South Wales, a place called Kyra near Bridgend. Um, so it's really, really exciting to see what, what's going to come out of the feasibility in, uh, study in Nottingham, but also um, what the partners we're engaged with are doing on this work as well. It just sounds absolutely incredible. It's just a stunning example of how we can go full circle because the Industrial Revolution started with engineers looking to how they could solve the problem of their coal mines filling with water. And I just love what you say about turning the fossil fuel legacy on its head. I think it's just it's just fantastic. Could you talk a bit a bit more about energy hubs and LEPs and the energy systems catapult and how all of this kind of works together and you're striving to become a great force for positive change? Well, well I think what's, what's really, really important is um, 
for there to be some acknowledgement that well, we've got some really big challenges ahead of us uh, as we look to decarbonize. Um, but there's a huge amount of work that's already going on. Um, but for us to achieve uh, the challenges ahead of us, particularly with the ambitious timescales, whether it's Nottingham's 2028, uh, central government's 2050 vision, and, and all the dates in between the local authorities are setting, many of which are about the 2030 mark, that these um, ambitious targets can't be achieved in, in isolation by, by any one organisation, whether they're um, local government, national government, or um, private sector, um, or, or an organisation in between, so the academic sector, for example, as well. Um, it, it, we've got to work in partnership and in collaboration with each other um, to actually address the challenges. Um, <clears throat> And what, what's so exciting, I think, about the Midlands Energy Hub is that they're very good at bringing um, different organisations together. Uh, the way we're set up is we've got a team in each, uh, a team member in each um, LAP area uh, across the Midlands, of, of which there are nine, nine LAPs. Um, and they're working very closely with, with the LAPs and local authorities in, in each of their, their patches to support the development of uh, low carbon and renewable energy projects um in line with the lap energy strategies that have been produced um, but they're working closely with other stakeholders as well um, so engage with the minerals energy hub on the board we've got organizations like energy systems catapult who are doing a huge amount of interesting and fascinating work in this area uh, we've also got sustainability west midlands um, represented as well who are again very active and engaged supporting um, local local businesses um to become more sustainable uh we've got energy capital involved who are um leading on the energy agenda for, for the west midlands combined authority um and that trilap area so we've got some really key and important stakeholders but we're also engaged with with others like the um energy research accelerator for example era which is a consortium of academic institutions um across the midlands um, and beyond. So it's it's about drawing together the public sector, the private sector, the academic sector, and other key stakeholders to say, we know what the challenges are. We know, we do know what the solutions are, but how do we actually put the solutions um, together in the best possible way to move move forward? Um, and, and it's often about finding the right, either place-based solutions, um, when you're looking at an area uh, and the right suite of technologies and solutions for that area or on a smaller scale what are the right solutions for somebody's property or for somebody's business um, and often the, the, the challenge is finding the right suite of technologies to address that particular um, challenge but all this has to be done um, whether you're looking at it at that small domestic level scale um, right up to, to your large-scale infrastructure. It needs to consider all the different stakeholders and that can only be done in partnership with each other. This is something that, that Nottingham does so well, that the partnership and the collaboration and the bringing of networks and people together. I think it's just, it's just incredible what you're, what you're achieving. Could you talk a bit about Robin Hood Energy and your not-for-profit energy sort of company and talk about how, how this started and what benefits it brings to, to your community? Um, ultimately, that, that comes off the back of, of looking to address fuel poverty. Um, 
uh, fuel poverty is is a really really big problem. Um, well, when it came to the cities, um, Nottingham was was one of the uh, least performing when it came to to fuel poverty, um, and so this this was in part to help address that uh, by setting up a, a local energy company um, that would help support those um, less well off um, and therefore less able to to pay fuel bills. Um, so I think it was a really, really interesting um, initiative that, that the local authority took to, to set this up. Um, it comes with big challenges. Um, there's, there's high levels of risk doing this. Um, and we've seen that, that it's really, really challenging to, to set up and maintain um, an, an energy company. Uh, and we've seen, in particularly in recent months, um, that a number of, of small energy companies have, have gone uh, out of business. Um, and it's testament, I think, to, to the hard work of, of the local authority and, and Robin Hood Energy to, to keep working through these market conditions so that they can keep supporting uh, local citizens um, in the work they're doing to address fuel poverty. Um, and I think that's ultimately what it, what it comes down to, is, is making sure that as we move through um, the energy transition, that it's a just transition. Mm. it's just this it just em emphasizes what you were talking about in the the previous question i asked which is that you're you're working throughout the the scale and the range of of, of sort of, pe of people and organizations who, who who we need to who local authorities need to engage with so you're helping people who are in fuel poverty in their in their homes, in their in their houses, and maybe their small businesses, and then you're you're going up to sort of large commercial scale, huge mining, incredible projects. It's just how how has Nottingham got this in this balance? How how have you got this this scale of people that you're helping? Because without the obvious reason that not all local authorities in the UK have a Michael Gallagher, the the one and only. How 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 can other local authorities take inspiration from from what you do? Because what you seem to be doing is absolutely unprecedented and just completely at the top end of the scale of what local authorities across the UK are doing. What sets you apart? Well um to clarify, I can't I can't take credit for the vast majority of the work that's gone on um, as it happened bef before I joined. Um, but, but I think that's, that's the important thing to actually note is that this, this isn't something that's happened over, overnight. Mm. Um, I've had the privilege of working there for, for the last uh, 18, 20, 20 months. But uh, actually, the, this legacy goes, goes back uh, from Nottingham's perspective um, for, for many, many years. Um, we've got one of uh, the, the oldest district heat networks um, run by a local authority um, in, in the country, as I understand it. Uh, I mean, that's servicing about 5,000 domestic properties and about 100 commercial businesses. Um, and we're seeing now more and more people, for example, looking uh, as district heating as, as an option um, in, in other local authorities as well. Um, and that's a really good example of how you can decarbonize um, the, the heating of, of people's homes and, and businesses by, by doing it at scale through district heating schemes. Um, uh, and it's about building on, on that um, and actually being able to say we're willing to take a risk. Uh, we've been in a fortunate position where um, the local authority politically has been very stable um, for a very long period of time. And that certainly helps uh, in terms of direction setting 
and um, and the mindset of, of the local authority when it comes to um, deciding to go down a, a certain path. Um, but by doing things like having district heating, um, by having something like Robin Hood Energy, um, by investing in uh, renewable energy. So I think we've got about 4,000 domestic properties or so um, with solar panels um, on. Um, but by doing these things um, and by maintaining um, our, our leading position um, as a local authority for energy, uh, we're able to continue to innovate and support more projects uh, because we've been successful in, in earlier ones and we can build on that. But this takes time. Um, it takes time to build up a strong staff base with the experience to deliver on these projects. Um, and it also takes time to build up the right sort of appetite for risk uh, to deliver uh, projects as well. So we kind of take, take the approach of um, an 80-20 split where 80% is tried and tested technology. So these days solar would, would fall into that category. And we understand how it works. We understand what the risks are. And then the other 20% uh, we'd look at investing in your more innovative uh, energy projects. Uh, so, for example, looking at vehicle to grid as an option. And that way you can continue to build uh, on your successes, uh, on your, your low risk um, scalable projects, but you continue to lead from the front um, by investing and spending time on uh, the more innovative and high risk projects. You have this culmination, I hope is the right word, um, of just great situations with the stable political background and then that sort of following from the ability to to keep going on projects that are sustainable through and through and have the the ability to i guess where to innovate this is some something that i've been thinking about for a while is is how innovation it's it can be quite stifled in the current system that we have not just in the uk but i feel globally because we're so set in our set in the ways of the conventional systems that are going it, it can make innovation quite difficult to to incorporate so this 80 20 principle that you have going on is just it sounds it will definitely working and I, I think that's such a it can be such an inspiration not just for local authorities and town and parish councils but for individuals as well I think that's it's a great mantra to take out into into everyday life could you talk about your work at the the energy hub and what you're doing on a national scale uh, yes, yeah. So the, the regional uh, energy hub for, for the Midlands. Um, so we cover the, the nine nine laps um, from Greater Lincolnshire on the east coast over to uh, the marches uh, on the Welsh Welsh borders. Um, we we're there really to support um, the development of energy projects that align with the LAP energy strategies. Um, since we were set up and the first staff came into post in October 2018, um, we've been able uh, to line up a really strong project pipeline and are currently supporting the development of about uh, 52 uh, energy projects uh, with an estimated value of about 180 million pounds, um, which is really good going for um, 18 to 20 months of, of work uh, while we've been growing, growing the team. Um, these projects um, include district heating, um, electric vehicle infrastructure, um, as, as we've discussed already, uh, mine, mine water heat, um, large scale renewable technology like, like solar. Um, uh, and I think what, what it's demonstrated is that uh, there has been a lack of 
support to drive these projects forward because some of these projects wouldn't have happened without the Midlands Energy Hub uh, and others uh, would have happened perhaps uh, a little bit slower um, but the, the, there's a real need and, and there's still a need um, for, for local authorities to have more support to develop these projects so that they can meet their, um, their commitments to, to decarbonizing uh, not just within their own organizations but, but across um, the, the whole area as well. Um, as I said, it can't, can't just be, be local authorities doing it on their own. They've got to be able to reach out and, and work with, with other sectors as well. And uh, the Midlands Energy Hub has working, been working really hard to, to do that and build the relationships with, with other organisations um, so we can support each other to, to decarbonise. Um, it's, it's very much a, a working in, in partnership and in collaboration approach that, that we've taken. Um, it's been fantastic to see see the team develop over the last uh, eighteen or twenty months, and and to grow and to support such an interesting uh, and varied range range of projects. Um, it shows that you can make a difference with a small team over a big area when there's the will and the drive, not just from from our team, but but uh, the other local authorities and organisations that that we're engaged with. It's amazing. People seem to be a common recurring theme that I'm that's coming up in every time I do a podcast it's it's the people that that make the difference and that make the world go round and I think this the having the ability to to have a team to go in the directions of innovation and sustainability and away from convention is is just so important and the fact that those teams are also able to grow when when things start to change and you can see things are like oh this might work that might work or maybe that's not such a great idea you can start to take on board expertise from outside the ability of of the energy hubs and and nottingham to i believe is nottingham also expanding in their in their sort of acquiring of knowledge because there's a lot of um places and positions and funding being cut to to other local authorities how how does not what's nottingham's future like in terms of going um unitary or are you going to stay how you are how is how's the future looking in terms of that political landscape um politically that's that's something i wouldn't generally tend tend to address but from an energy services perspective and, and looking to see see what we can do um we, we we've seen seen a lot of growth over the last couple of years mm. um uh, a few years before i, I joined the, the energy services team uh, was much smaller um it now stands at um over 50 staff um, so for a local authority in, in the energy services team to have, have an excess of, of 50 staff is, is really quite um, fantastic. Um, it, it shows what is, is possible. And I think what's been really, really positive off, off the back of this is that um, uh, the team as, as a whole have been able to um, embark on revenue generating activities uh, that have helped protect uh, frontline jobs in, in key areas. Um, and as budgets have been so uh, tight, um, particularly over the last five to ten years, it's, it's been absolutely critical um, that local authorities have been able to generate revenue to protect those those critical services. And, it, and it's really, really fantastic that all the work that the team in Nottingham are doing uh, and not is not just going towards decarbonisation um, of, of the council and, and the city, um, but it's also helping to support the council deliver and continue to deliver in other areas. I think that's such a, a incredibly important point because it's it's 
I'm with my small position that I have on a, on a little town council in Dorset. I've been sort of chatting and trying to understand the the benefits and the and the downsides of of running a, a council like a business, so it can continue to sort of function by itself without having um without having to depend on um central government to do things. How has how has how have you been adapting with with COVID nineteen and this? sort of crazy new landscape i mean now is a great time for for young people and anybody to get in touch with their with their mp and tell them what they want and how can governments use this opportunity um to think about what's happened to think about how and to make sure it doesn't happen again yeah i think it's it's very um interesting from from an energy perspective and, and the decarbonization of any perspective on how um, the current situation is, is going to either accelerate or decelerate the um, the work that's all, already been ongoing um, very much depends on which which side of the fence fence you sit on uh, but from my side um, I'm, I'm genuinely hopeful that this is going to um, well hopefully have have a positive impact on on the recovery and and it being a green recovery um, I, I think really it's, it's important um, not to go back to the business as usual as we had it before and actually go, well, we've seen that when there is an urgent need to act, um, everybody can come together from, from individual to organisation to, to government uh, scale to actually have a, a genuine change. Uh, we, we have seen off, off the back of this that there are positive environmental impacts but there's also been questions raised that actually they're not perhaps as great as they could be. So why not? Um, there are also questions that are going to be asked um, and going to be worked on over the coming months of actually um, how can we make sure that, that the situation actually doesn't become worse and we end up with, with worse air quality bit before. And just to try and clarify what I'm saying there is how, how do we prevent um, more cars going on the road, for example, um, because people are less um, willing to use public transport. So it actually cause an increase in air pollution or will more people actually remain working from home or work from home more often and therefore reduce traffic on the roads. Um, so that's one, one very uh, s simple example there. Um, it's, it's quite hard to say which, which way it's going to go. Uh, or if we're going to see wins in some area areas and, and losses in in others um yeah there's there's going to be a lot of different uh, positive and negative feedbacks off off the back of the current situation um but i know there's an awful lot of thought going into how we can support um, the economic recovery uh, while also supporting and c continuing to support the decarbonization of of our energy uh, systems uh both power heat and and transport that's fascinating to hear and it's so encouraging to to know that there is and to hear that there is a lot of work sort of going on behind the scenes to to figure out how we do come out of this to make sure that our emissions are reducing and we, we, yeah, we don't just all kind of like flood back onto the streets and have huge parties and drive everywhere and fly everywhere so it's yeah there's it feels like there's there's so much to think about and there's so much to to kind of to redesign in our lives how do you think people are going to respond it's it's very difficult um 
to say there's uh, i think that there's human nature that, that people like uh to go back and that they've got regular patterns of, of behavior they like to follow but but ultimately if we're to um be successful uh in decarbonizing our energy system a huge part of that challenge is addressing behavioral change mm. and we have seen the behavioral change at, at pace uh, and at scale is is possible um it's not necessarily enjoyable and obviously in, in this particular instant it's it's as a result of something that um is resulting in 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 tragedy uh, mm. which is incredibly uh, difficult and upsetting to see particularly those um who, who are closely affected uh, and also working on on the front line trying to combat this um but it does show that we we can when when the need is there change our, our behaviors um I think that what we need to remember is is this is hopefully something that that short term what we need to look to see how we can address is to make behavioral changes that are going to affect uh, the decarbonization side of things um long term and get people used to a new way of of living working um socializing and and moving around the country I and mean, I think that's really where the challenge is going to be how we how develop um that long term approach that will have have the the impact that we really need to see if we're going to take decarbonization uh, seriously at an individual level as well as an organizational and government level i love what you said there because it is this common it is this this collaboration this synergy of individual behavior corporation corporations behavior and government behavior it's it's a it's like a tripod of kind of i don't want to say I can't think of the word, but it is, it's, we have, there's a, without one leg, you kind of, the whole system sort of topples over. And I think that there does need to be an emphasis on, on individual energy, energy consumption and energy use and, and how people and people's attitude towards energy, I think is so important. There's, there's so much energy wastage going on that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Like I learned, Sort of about five years ago, and this is after I did my my masters in physics and solar energy. That the the plug sockets in our houses actually they leak extra energy. So if we don't turn our plug sockets off, then we have energy electricity leaking into our appliances, which degrades them over time, and that's why they have short warranties. And I just think there's there's so so I go around my house all the time now. It drives my other half a bit nuts, but I turn off all the plug sockets. He's getting used to it. But it's um I think it's small behavioural changes like this and the perspective which I'm trying to sort of emphasize through the the, the school program and, and the solar light that it's it's small behavioural changes that can really actually make a huge difference. And I think that's such an important message to drum home that it's the the people, it's the government and it's and it's corporations. We all have a part to play in it. How can young people get involved in their local authority and how can they encourage action like the things that Nottingham are doing? I mean, I, I think an example where, where engagement was, was out there with the public recently from, from the Nottingham perspective um, is that uh, with the action plan we're looking to put in place to achieve um, carbon neutrality by 2028, um, it was open to consultation uh, by the general public. Uh, as well as by um, other organisations like the universities and the private sector. Um, and, and so we've had a huge amount of feedback uh, from the general public on the thoughts on the action plan that, that we've laid out. And it's given them, them an opportunity to engage 
uh, with what they'd like to see happening within the city uh, and, and to actually get an understanding of what the local authority would, would like to see and uh, and how they would like this to happen. Uh, and I think first and foremost, that level of engagement between uh, local authority and its citizens is absolutely key mm. um, because it has to be um, a two-way process yeah. because it, it won't work. We've, we've got to get the citizens on board uh, with, with our plans um, because otherwise they'll, they'll simply fail. So having that level of engagement and having citizens who want to engage with us has been absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so currently all, all, all the feedback is currently under review by, by the team. But uh, I'm going to be really interested to see what the outcome of, of that piece of work is. Um, but it was fantastic. We had a really, really positive response um, from, from the um, citizens and, and businesses within, within the city. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to see what's, what's going to come out of that. It just goes um, to show, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, th I think it, we had about uh, over a thousand people um, contributed to the consultation. That's amazing. Um, and that was through uh, survey responses, uh, as well as a number of public and business uh, engagement uh, events. That's just wonderful. I was just going to say, it just goes to show how when you, offer, when you have this transparency and you're, you're physically out there and you say, this is what we're doing, this is what we want to do for you, and you have the results that you do and you're investing in this, the sort of projects that the Nottingham does, that people respond well to that. They can relate to it because it means, it means sustainable energy, it means a prosperous future, it means, fewer, it means cheaper energy bills. There's, there's these knock-on benefits that so many more people are being able to relate to in this kind of sustainable movement that's happening. Could you have you had any experiences in your in your time in the council that have stood out in terms of how you've helped people and people's response to the fantastic work that you're doing? Um, it's a, a very very good question. There's there's been so much that's that's gone on since since I joined uh, the council. Um, I mean, I think first and foremost on on a personal level, what what has been so. Um, fantastic is is to join a, an organization and a service that is very driven incredibly hard working and, and forward thinking um, and and the team spirit uh, across energy services uh, and across um, the regional energy team through through the Midlands energy hub has has just been phenomenal is it is such a great environment to to work in and be be a part of um, and to see the positive results of um, the Midlands Energy Hub regional team um, and also the wider energy services team is, is just, just great. The variety of projects that are coming through and stakeholders that, that are getting involved is just, yeah, it, it's, it's just so reassuring um, to see, first and foremost, because the challenges ahead of us are, are massive. Um, but there's also the, the, the pride and passion people are putting into, into their work um, to, to, to develop a, a more sustainable energy system and a more sustainable economy is just just absolutely incredible. Um, and I think what's, what one of the really exciting areas that, that we're supporting at the moment um, is supporting rural communities through the Rural Community Energy Fund uh, that the Midlands Energy Hub oversees to, to develop community-led projects in rural areas. Um, because we're getting some brilliant examples of communities coming together, taking ownership of, of the problem and coming up with solutions um, that they can support and develop locally uh, for themselves and others in the community. Um, we, we've got projects that are looking to power 
uh, use renewable generation to power electric vehicles that can be used to take um, vulnerable residents to the doctors, to the hospital appointments, um, and so on. So, you know, you, you, you're helping support the development of some real sustainable community initiatives. Um, I've got another really lovely one talking of going back to the Industrial Revolution. And there were some elements of that that were renewable um, in their own way. Um, so up, up in the, um, the Peak District, we've, we've got um, uh, an Arkwright um, factory that's looking at reinstating the water wheel. Um, but instead of obviously running a factory, it's going to um, produce electricity for the site. Um, and they're also looking at working with the community to put, um, hopefully put a heat pump um, into, into the community hall. So th there's such great examples out there of us being able to support communities, um, take real ownership of, of how they can decarbonize. It's, it's just great to see these, these positive actions being taken. I just, I just love that because it's, it's giving, it's literally giving power back to people in the, in their local communities that are totally individual and, and different from from all the other communities around them and in the world it's it's that no there is no one solution that fits all it's almost this kind of bespoke kind of attention that we need to be putting and giving to our communities to be like what is it that you need what do you have how can you how can we help you kind of thing uh, yeah it's I think getting communities on on board, um, engaging with with citizens, uh, and and getting people to understand that yes, organisations have a responsibility to do things. Uh, local authorities have a responsibility to take action. Central government has a responsibility, but equally, so do we all as individuals and citizens in our own right. Everybody has to play their their part. Um, uh, and I think that's that, that's something that, that Nottingham uh, has been brilliant at, mm -hmm. um, both from that citizen level and, and local authority level. Um, but also we're, we're seeing it right, right across, across the Midlands. There are fantastic examples of, of other local authorities as well doing some brilliant things. Mm -hmm. um, Herefordshire um, Council are doing some really, really exciting um, projects um, at, at the moment. Um, across the marches um coventry city council are doing some really innovative and exciting things and have some great ideas i mean i could go on i could list a whole host of local authorities across the midlands and beyond that that are, are doing such such wonderful uh projects and programs of works um and it would be great just just to maybe sh shout out and tell people that you know positive action has been taken um yes. i think one of my concerns um is that sometimes we hear comments of nothing is being done mm -hmm. um, and that that risks people burying their heads in the sands we really need to talk about the positive things that are being done and then talking about how we can build on those to do things better or to do things at even bigger scale i completely 100 percent agree with what you're saying and it take, takes me back to sort of one of the first things we we, we talked about and it's yeah, it's about what's going on behind the scenes and it's about championing the, the progress that's already been done and that is going on. I think that is, I would love to use um, this platform, Solutions for Climate Revolution, to talk to, to other local authorities about their amazing work because I think that gives people that gives people hope. When you, when you get good at something, it's almost like you want to keep getting better at it. So it's starting, starting off small.
kind of this ability to to build on progress and shout out exactly like you say all the incredible things that other local authorities are doing i'm gonna to have to grab a list from you at some point so i can reach out to some more people and champion their amazing work so i think it's it's just fantastic what gives you hope for the future and what still makes you feel hopeless um i think from from what gives gives me hope i mean in in light of uh, recent circumstances it demonstrates um that when we all come together uh, as a community we, we can and put our mind to doing something uh, we can we can genuinely deliver positive positive results um the the amount of work and positive action that's been achieved um locally and and regionally through, through the work of, of the teams i sit alongside and, and the partner organizations uh, we, we also work alongside again has has really op opened my eyes um i was in the private sector pr previous to this um we we're quite focused on um our, our own areas of, of work um but but coming and working in this this environment and to see so much activity going on um across the midlands and and the wider country um is is just yeah so exciting and and reassuring that you know th there are so many people out there that really want to make a difference uh, and also want to make a difference um and there's been a big shift uh, i've noticed in the last 12 months uh, between people just talking about doing things and now people actually doing things um this has in part been driven by um the large number of local authorities that have declared climate emergencies um, and that I think has really been a been a call to action, as as these local authorities now that they've declared them are now uh, looking at developing action plans that will actually be be delivered upon. And and that again is is really reassuring to see to see a drive in in that direction, um, because I've referenced this a few times. The, the the scale of this the, this challenge is is, is very big. Um, and and to address it we've got to break it down into manageable chunks and then then work through it. Um, and that starts by understanding clearly understanding what the problem is, um, identifying how you are able to address the problem, what's what's within your control, what's within your gift, and then putting together a clear plan on how you can um, address those challenges and then starting to deliver on on that plan and i've seen all this actually happening uh, over the last 12 months and it's just just been fantastic we've seen local authorities coming together working to together delivering uh, developing joint action plans supporting each other i'm um, saying we've already done this we can share this with you so you don't have to go and do the work again um you can just essentially copy what we've done so you don't have to learn the hard lessons or spend money unnecessarily uh, and you can also then do these things much more quickly so you're not starting from scratch um th there are just so many things that, that give me hope it's, it's yeah it's absolutely absolutely brilliant um and and i think um the, the other thing that's probably worth pointing out i mentioned a few really good good initiatives that, that have gone on um I think that may be of particular in interest to to yourself and and the, the work you you do with with uh, parish and town councils uh, and at that level um, is one of the pieces of work we're doing um to support that grassroots engagement um, is through bays in the Midlands Energy Hub uh, we're supporting the development of a um, parish council carbon calculator 
um, and that will help hopefully enable parish uh, councils to identify how they can support the decarbonisation of their area and how to prioritise actions. Um, so yeah, there's just so much going on. It's it's fantastic. That is fantastic. It's just so energising and inspiring hearing hearing you speak, and it doesn't feel like you you feel almost hopeless about anything because you're turning everything into into action, and it's just it's just wonderful. Could you speak a little bit about um, school engagement? And I believe do you have close ties with the university because there's a lot going on around food waste there. Am I right? Um, I'm not involved uh, myself directly in, in the, on the food waste side of things. Um, there are, however, uh, good relationships uh, with, with the universities, and I think this is absolutely uh, key. Uh, we need academic rigour, uh, mm. particularly as we look at innovative solutions um, or, or looking at co complex solutions to, to um, complex challenges. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got um, through, through Nottingham City Council that there are very good relationships with the universities, and also through um, the LEP Energy Board as well. Uh, the universities uh, have a presence. So in in the LEP uh, that, that I sit in, uh, at D2N2, which is Derby, Derbyshire, Nottingham, Nottinghamshire. Um, yeah, we've got Derby University, Nottingham Trent University, and University of Nottingham, uh, and all three um, have very important roles. Um, to play uh, and brilliant contributions they can make um, with the work they're doing to um, decarbonising our, our energy systems. That's just just wonderful to hear that. I think the, yeah, the role of, of education in our transition to, to decarbonisation is is so hugely important. There's a quote by Nelson Mandela that I just love, which is, "If you want to change the world, you have to change education." And I think through all the, the incredible and fantastic work that you're doing in Nottingham City Council and in the energy hubs across the UK, it just shows that you're, you're leading by example and you're like, this is, you're leading, you're not just being a boss, you're not just being like, rah, 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 dictating, this is how we should do, you're being like, this is, I'm practising what I'm preaching and this is the great, this is the way forward and yeah, follow us, have our information, this is, this is, yeah, we want you to thrive. I just think that's such an empowering, enabling and just, and just joyful message to put out there and it's just it's just so encouraging and exciting to hear about all the the wonderful things that you're doing i'm conscious of time because i know you're a very busy person and you have to dash off to another meeting so i just wanted to say thank you so much for for your time for all the energy that you're doing and for yeah taking the time to have this chat it's been quite fast paced but it's just been wonderful to to fire these questions at you and and hear your response and I encourage any any young person or anybody who wants to get involved in with their lo local authority to, to reach out. I think that is the that is the key, yeah, the, the collaboration and yeah, the, the giving giving us all giving us all hope in in knowing what's actually going on behind the scenes. So I'd love to grab a list of of people that I should contact from you if at some point if that's okay, so I can continue to spread the good word of all the amazing things that local authorities are doing that might have slipped down the wayside in amongst the sort of the news that's that's going on that would be wonderful yeah no well it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking you to uh, to you today um yeah there's the, i feel like we we only just scratched the surface there's so much going on um i mean all the core cities are collaborating on this um yeah including the likes of bristol manchester mm -hmm. um uh, as well as Nottingham and, and, and some others. And they're all doing some really, really uh, incredible and innovative uh, things on, on this front. Um, 
yeah, you, you can only really scratch the surface of, yeah. of this of this sort of topic in in forty five minutes or so. But um, it's, it's been 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 lovely to talk to you about the work of uh, Nottingham City Council, the Midlands Energy Hub, and and what's going on across the wider region. It's yeah, it's just just brilliant. So I'm I'm really optimistic for the future and and to see what's what's going to happen over, over the coming coming months. Oh, it's just, oh, just a pleasure to talk to you and I'm absolutely buzzing. Thank you so much. And yeah, I would love to catch up with you again in the next couple of months and, and hear how everything's going on because it's, yeah, I'd like to scratch deeper beneath the surface and yeah, continue to put the word out there about what, what our local authorities are doing because it's just, it's just fantastic. It really is. You're pushing, you're pushing for the change that we all need to see in the world and it's just, it's just, fun. It's just wonderful. Michael, thank you so much again. And super excited to chat to you again soon and yeah all the best for everything brilliant thank you very much you're welcome and i look forward to catching up again thank you wow. cheers michael thank you